Murray, shotgun, steps up, fires near side, caught, touchdown Arizona. Greg Dorch went to the turf to corral it, both hands on it in front of a Raider defender, and Arizona on the board for the first time this afternoon. Murray walks up, Darrell Williams, his lone setback behind him. Steven Anderson settles on the left side of the line. Snap, handoff, Williams, met in the hole, pushes forward, touchdown Arizona. Four receivers out to the right of the formation. Murray the snap, looks that way, now settles in the pocket. Chase from behind, has to back up, racing back at the 20. Murray still with it. He's looking for anybody. He's standing all by himself at the 20. He's pointing, he's running, Murray at the 10. He's gonna take off to the five. Murray dives, he's in! An unbelievable two-point conversion. Murray was alone at the 20 for what felt like 10 seconds, and, it, it and he finally like ran it in. Five seconds to go. Fourth and goal from the three. Raiders 23, Cardinals 15. Kyler Murray's gonna keep this ball, Jason. Snap, backs up, still backing up. Now takes up off the middle, points the football. Touchdown, Arizona, with no time on the clock. I told you he's gonna keep that ball. Murray gets the shotgun snap. Got a, rip, got a pick round. Looking left, throws to the back of the end zone, and is caught. A.J. Green to the turf for the two. Got his feet down before stepping out of bounds, and we are heading to overtime. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Man, you live in a city where UNLV is by far the best football team. They can't lose in Allegiant Stadium. They're not even playing close games. No, they don't. They they blow people out. Right. And when they're they're up big, they just extend the lead. That's right. They step on necks. That's right. They step on necks. UNLV football's always done that. Why would you expect anything less? Well, they're doing it this year. They're doing it this year. Well, they don't get leads very often. Another team in the league. I get the hot take later. They're, They're better than people think. Come on! I think everybody's going to agree with yeah, your hot take. Everybody. It's still a hot take. You needed the hot take around three weeks town, ago. Around this time. Uh, hot take a week ago, I did go from four to five. That's Two not, weeks ago, I did go from like, four to five. It's like lukewarm. I, no, it's a hot take. <laughs> Idiot. You never put up your number. Idiot UNLV alumni Jared is suddenly like, we're making a bowl game, baby. Darn right, baby. What a nightmare yesterday was. Oh. You s- I sat there and watched it and didn't believe it. How much of your story you have written? Uh, none because okay. it's because it's a day game. Okay, All because right. it's a day game. If that I mean had the, been if that had been a Sunday night game, you would have. Oh had... man! I mean the the angles changed <laughs> quite a bit when it was twenty three to seven. <laughs> Did you have to have left. a review journal huddle? No. <laughs> we no we went, always... All right, guys, this is what we were doing. We always have that. We always have that. <laughs> The first bite. Who deserves the most blame for the Raiders' Ooh. collapse? This is hard because there's so many options. You I'm going to go with to. the Cardinals for scoring more points. You can go coaching. You can go offense. You can go defense. Um, take a guess here. The offense deserves the most blame. I think they do too. I think they deserve more blame than the defense. Uh, the defense. Could have made one more play at any point in the second half, and they win that game. Uh, most notably, on a fourth down play, Max Crosby had two hands on Kyler Murray. 
and did not sack Kyler Murray. And that play resulted in a defensive penalty and a first down, which Arizona eventually scored on. But the Raiders offense in the second half, Derek Carr was in the fourth quarter, two of five with eight passing yards. Yeah. The Raiders punted on both of their fourth quarter possessions in overtime and the fourth quarter. Carr's longest pass by air yards traveled three yards down the field. The fourth quarter in overtime, the Raiders got three drives. Points on any of the three drives would have effectively ended, ended the game. The game. They did not get points on any of them. They did not throw the ball down the field. They were overly committed to the run. The offense was pathetic in the second half of that game. And I think that's where the majority of the blame lies. Defensively, yeah, make one more play somewhere along the lines. But the offense just just needs something. I mean, it did the defense no favors whatsoever. Right. And this is a team, as we've talked about the entire offseason, what are they built around? They are built around a quarterback that got paid, two wide receivers and a tight end that got paid, right? The offense is what got paid. There are two edge rushers that got paid as well. But this is about an offense that got paid in the offseason. And they couldn't score more than a field goal in the second half. They couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter to put the game away. They're the biggest mm-hmm. at fault yeah. in this loss. Yeah. Because no. the, the, in reality, holding Kyler Murray and Arizona to under 20 points, which is effectively what the defense was asked to do, is possible, right? But it's not like you're expecting the Raiders defense to hold down Kyler Murray and Arizona to for an entire game. Right. To 17 points or 19 points or 20 points, right? They're going to score against this defense. This defense isn't the strength of the team. So, the defense got enough stops over the course of the game. The defense gave up few enough points for the Raiders to win. The offense just completely disappeared for an entire half. Yeah which isn't good enough. If you're Derek Carr and you're Devontae Adams and you're Hunter, and by the way, where the hell's Devontae Adams? Well, I'll tell you where he was. He was out that door at the locker room within two seconds. Oh, he didn't talk to the media? He was out the door before we were allowed in. Wow. Walked right past us. Gone. So he was uh, as visible in the locker room as he was in the game. Man. Seven targets. A lot of targets. Two catches, 12 yards for Devontae Adams. Now, Derek Carr threw him five uncatchable targets, right? Devontae Adams didn't have like a drop. Um, no. It no. Was, he, got no. Five, he got seven targets, but five were just non-catchable. I mean, right. Carr almost threw a pick in overtime. It should have been a pick. Adams. Yeah. It should have been a pick. He threw it like 10 yards behind the, where Devontae to, Adams to the, was running. Yeah. Unbelievably bad. So the Devontae, here's the Devontae Adams thing. After the game, Josh McDaniels was like, well, they took him away more than the Chargers did. That should not matter. There's... Devontae Adams, who was the second best receiver in Green Bay last year? Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, right? The Packers didn't have an excuse for, oh, they took away Devontae Adams because you're damn right you should have taken away Devontae Adams last year. This year with Renfro and Waller, you cannot walk in and tell me, ah, they took away Devontae Adams. So we had to throw it eight times to Mac Hollins. Yeah. How the hell does Mac Hollins get eight Let targets him in receiving in the game? yards? 66. From what I understand from uh, training camp, he's very well conditioned. He's got a whole mile <laughs> named after him. <laughs> that was pathetic. By the, if you're going to tell me that a defense takes away Devontae Adams, that's okay. Then Waller or Renfro or both 
should have like 125 yeah. receiving yeah. yards. There's no reason that Mac Holland should walk away from any game the Raiders play this year with the most targets. You, that's a failure for the quarterback. That's a failure for the coaching staff. If Mac Hollins walks away leading the team with like eight targets and 66 receiving, that's just, that's pathetic. That cannot happen for this team. They were horrible offensively. Right. And I don't know. I sat there watching it and just couldn't believe it. And did you think they got too conservative a lot of times or did they not go back? Because they asked Josh Jacobs afterwards what happened and he had no answer for it. And he said, that's above me. Uh, and, you know, Foster Moreau said the same thing. They had no explanation for what happened, and they both kind of threw it off as, well, that's above me. I mean, I'm just going to do my job. I thought they were too conservative the first half, too. I know they scored 20 points, but they, they for some reason, were overly committed to running the ball. They had Josh Jacobs had 13 carries in the first half right. of that game, and he his yards per carry was like 3.9. His long was 13. It's not like he was gashing them with 13 carries for like 80 yards. He ended the game with... 19 carries for 69 yards. Nice. That's terrible, right? They ran the ball way too much in the first half and in the second half. The difference was in the first half, they actually converted some first downs with the passing game on third down. In the second half, no, they didn't. There was there was nothing there. <laughs> there so was... like, it, listen, handing the ball off on first down and getting to second and seven, that's not really a benefit to the offense. That's not really a good thing. It's better than second and 10, sure. But second and seven is not really a great place to be. It's almost the same as second and 10. So if you're going to line up and run the ball a lot on first down, you need to be picking up actual yardage on some of those carries. And they didn't do that. And so they were overly committed in the first half. But hey, they converted and the defense shut Arizona down. Like a middle school offense. Oh, the first half? Yeah. Yeah. That was like a middle school football offense for Arizona. I don't know what the hell that was. But you can't, you can't, okay, to go back to it. Adams, Renfro, Waller. There's no reason you should walk out of a game with Josh Jacobs having 19 carries for 69 yards when you have those three receivers in Derek Carr. That should, if Jacobs is, if your run game is crushing them. That's, well, that's one thing. Right. But 69 yards on 19 carries, they, they ran it 21 times as a team and got 80 yards. That's not good at all. And for them to be that committed to running the ball is, it's on the coaching, right? It, it, there's a lot of this on the coaching as well. It's not just the offense. There's the coaching too. Because here's here's the other thing. And this was to me when it happened. I put my little notes that I'm keeping during the game. I put it in there, but I was like, it's not going to matter because they're up twenty to nothing. Into the first half, the Raiders got the ball with one fifty-one to play in two timeouts. Go for a field goal. Their first two plays, they come out and hand the ball yeah, off. They're playing for a field goal. They played for a field goal with a minute, yeah. not with thirty-five yeah. seconds left. A minute 51. And they played for a 55-yarder. Right. <laughs> with Carr, Adams, Renfro, and Waller all getting paid in the offseason, with a minute 51, they played for a field goal. Now, they were up 17-0 at the time. They got the field goal. It was 20 to nothing. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. But they end up going into overtime and losing that game by one score. If they actually try and they score a touchdown there, they win the game. They don't blow that game because they had four more points right. and there would have been no way Arizona could catch would have caught up. And it's the second time in two weeks that this coaching staff has been conservative at the end of a half into the first half against the chargers down 14. They didn't try to score. They right. got the ball and it was less than a minute. It was like 50 seconds, but still they didn't try to score twice, twice in two games into the first half. This coaching staff has said, Nope, we're happy with where we are. We're not going to try to score. Even though we gave all of these offensive weapons, New contracts. Jared, 
coaching grade in the paper? Uh-oh. F. Oh! F. We're going to do Grady's grades later. We are? Mr. Sunshine's gone! <laughs> What'd you give an A to in the paper? You can... You can no, split. I didn't give anyone an A. No, okay, I'm just saying. Did, did anybody get a passing grade? A. I gave the... Uh, Special teams a B, B, <laughs> and it would have been higher, but AJ Cole should have penned them in the fourth quarter, and he came up with like a thirty-four yard, oh, thirty-four yeah. yard punt, yeah. and and the Cardinals went and scored a, the tying touchdown. Get out of here, AJ Cole. Also, well, okay. By the way, last thing before we go to break, Hunter Renfro. Should we blame him? Mm. I want to know how hard the hit was. You know, afterwards he was in protocol. You, so, yeah, he didn't. I saw the replay. He didn't exactly pop up like a daisy. Right. No. The the game no. losing fumble, he probably got a concussion, right? Yeah. And I feel pretty bad blaming a guy who got a concussion for fumbling the ball. But he fumbled You're it blame twice. a guy who got a concussion. Well, yeah, he the, fumbled the, it the, twice. Yeah, exactly. He was he was excited. He was lucky. Foster Moreau found that ball at the, right. uh, the bottom of the pile. All right, give us your thoughts. The text line, the Finley Kia text line is 69187. Preface your message with ESPN. Let us know who you think is the most to blame for the Raiders' loss. Again, 69187 is the text line. Uh, Send your message. Type ESPN, then whatever your message is, and send it to 69187. Coming up next, good news in Las Vegas. The Aces won the title. 10 seconds on the shot clock, 33 on the game clock. One bucket away from a championship for the Aces. KP rolls down the lane, she stops, she fires, she's got the bucket, and the Aces are going to get themselves a title. Timeout, Connecticut. Let the celebration get ready to begin. Aces are up six with 25 seconds remaining. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. The Aces won game four, 77-71 to win the WNBA Finals. Three games to one over the Connecticut Sun. The Aces went eight and two in the postseason. A Nobody believed run. in them. Uh, that's right. <laughs> did any of them say that yesterday? I hope they did. Um, I hope they said when they were at the stores, people were saying, you're no good. Because that just doesn't happen in Canada. I was back they, in were in Kin- they were back in Connecticut. Back in Connecticut people saying, you know what? You guys aren't any good. Had so, to prove themselves. One of, I think, the best parts of this game is that Raquana Williams is the player that sealed the game for the Aces. They had a lead. She didn't win the game with some game-winning shot, but she had a lead, and she scored eight straight points in the fourth quarter that helped sort of stave off Connecticut, give them a three-point lead until the final seconds there. Uh, Asia Wilson didn't score in the fourth quarter, right? They needed somebody to step up, and it was Raquana Williams. And there's two reasons... That I love that one. We talked all season about how the aces didn't have any depth. They didn't have a bench this year and it kind of stayed true in the postseason, right? They Becky Hammond didn't want to play more than six players. Right. And Raquana Williams, a bench player made some of the biggest shots in the final game of the season. And then the other part is, and I don't know why this didn't happen before, but the aces did not use their four guard lineup until game four of the finals. They used it a lot against Seattle, and it was probably their best lineup. They didn't use it until game four, and that's what they used to basically close the game. And so you had a bench player stepping up, but also a fun, creative lineup be the one that Becky Hammond went to to put that game away and ultimately put the season and the championship away. So I enjoyed that from Raquana Williams. Um, 
Here's my question for you. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka boom. Did they get finals MVP right? Yes. I am actually yeah. surprised that they did not give it to Asia Wilson. Really? Yeah. I mean, she averaged more points per game, more rebounds, right? She was the MVP of the team. I, I just think it's one of those things where Gray, I think they kept in their mind the playoffs that Gray had and all the impossible shots. And I think that's why they voted her MVP. She had the moments. And she definitely had the moments. We Listen, we talked about it after they went up 2-0. And to me, it, sh- it should have been Chelsea Gray. And obviously right. they played two more games. But it should have been Chelsea Gray. And the reason was the types of shots she was making were incredible. Right. And like, and again, it it's not to discredit Asia Wilson for scoring within the offense or Asia Wilson for creating easy shots because she's really good at those two things. But when this team basically failed offensively, when they would have a failed offensive possession, Chelsea Gray would bail them out with a ridiculously tough shot. And she did it over and over and over and over again. And so I think she deserved it because of that, even if Asia Wilson, I mean, hey, listen, Asia Wilson's WNBA finals stat line, 20 points per game, 9.8 rebounds, 2.5 blocks on 55% shooting. That is a WNBA finals MVP line. line. Sure. But Chelsea Gray was more important. Chelsea Gray was the most valuable player. Actually, I think it's most outstanding player, but she was the most valuable player for the aces in this series. And not that this matters, but the entire postseason run. So I think they got it right, but I was actually a little surprised that they gave it to Chelsea Gray. Yeah, I, I think they, they got it right. Um, it just, it's so easy to vote for Asia all the time. Right. She won the MVP. She yeah. had that stat line. She's the easy vote, but the right vote was Chelsea Gray. Yeah. Asia Wilson's the best player on the team. No matter what Chelsea Gray did, Asia Wilson's still the best player on this team. And I thought that's what they would do. I do wonder if game four itself might have swung it to Chelsea Gray. Because Asia Wilson, that was 11. probably her worst game since right. what? She had like five in that game against um, Seattle, Seattle, right? But outside of she had 11 points on 4-13 shooting, 14, 14 rebounds, boards. two blocks, right? For, for Asia Wilson standards, that's not a very good game, right? So Chelsea Gray, meanwhile, was 9 of 13 from the floor. So I do wonder if game four kind of swung that because Chelsea Gray was what we've seen the whole time while Asia Wilson was a little on the low end. Our guy was off the tractor. Bill Lambeer was there. Bill, with an Aces shirt on. Yeah, look at Bill Well, Lambeer. he has a position in the organization. Does he still Does he have not? it? I, thought, I he, thought he did. They no. moved him to some position. So here's they hired Becky yes. Hammond, but she was still with the Spurs. And they kept Bill Lambeer around until Becky Hammond came over from the Spurs. Because Be- Becky Hammond was not here during like some of the critical moments of the offseason. Like when you're building a team and everything. But I'm under the impression Lambeer, after Becky Hammond came aboard... Left? Left. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he still did. But I was under the impression he went to his tractor in Michigan <laughs> and has and doesn't get off of it. Uh, but he was in Connecticut for this game. Mark Davis shook his hand yeah. in the final whistle. So, I'm okay. I'm going to say, mean, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you something nice about Bill Lambeer real quick. As somebody who criticized him over and over while he was here. Bill Lambeer built a championship team. Mm-hmm. Th- this team... That's Bill Lambeer's roster, right? He drafted Asia Wilson. He drafted Jackie Young. He got Chelsea Gray to come play for this team, right? This is, this is Bill Lambeer's roster. He put this together. In all honesty, this first offseason, without Bill Lambeer completely calling the shots, was a disaster. 
The Aces traded their first and second round picks in 2023 for first and second round picks in 2022 and then cut both players before that was the season the started. That was the best that they cut them a week later. <laughs> this offseason was a disaster. Everything but this they team, had everyone locked up. Right. All all the players all that the contributed players to this were locked team up. were here already on a roster Lambeer built. Right. He built a championship team. And the thing is, they've had success, right? They've been the one seed, the two seed. They've been to the finals. They've been to the finals. It. They've been to the semis, lost there. Like, they've been a really good... Lambeer built a good team. He deserves a lot of credit for what the Aces just did. However, Becky Hammond deserves the credit for taking this team to that next step and winning the title. Well, coaching him in a way he didn't or refused right. to do. Right. He, Bill Ambeer was a, we're going to beat you up inside. Very right. similar to what Connecticut is, right? We're going to beat you up inside. We're going to play as big as possible. And you're not, you're not going to score any layups on us. That's for sure. And we're going to try to get as many layups as possible right. against you. And they lost finals because of that, because they didn't have enough variety offensively. You could guard the aces in a five game series. You could find ways to guard them and shut them down. So Becky Hammond deserves the credit for basically adding variety to what they do offensively while not losing a ton defensively. They did get worse defensively, but they, Kelsey Plum became an all WNBA first team player, right? She was coming off the bench for Lambeer last season. Jackie Young wins most improved and is a good three point shooter. All of a sudden that was not the case under Bill Lambeer. Hell, Asia Wilson shot threes. Asia Wilson had her best two point field goal percentage of her career because under they had Becky more, Hammond. Yeah. Cause they had more spacing. Yeah. There was more room for her at the basket. Becky Hammond deserves a lot of credit for taking them to basically yeah, for how they played modern sure. basketball, but Lambeer absolutely deserves credit for the talent that's on the roster. He just, I would just say he just didn't use would he it. be the first to tell you, right? Well, and, and he does, I mean, that's he's fine. He built the that's roster. Fine. I mean, they're, uh, who was their best player that Bill Lambeer didn't have on the roster last year. That's on the roster now. Yeah. Like Ileana Rupert, the rookie from France from who played French, like the three French minutes player? a game. I think that's it. Everybody else, like Raquana Williams, he is, like everybody else was Eric on Hamby. was on the team. Their big five were all on the team. Hamby got hurt, so she didn't get to start in the but postseason. She was on the team, yeah. But all, I mean, that roster was built by Lambeer, so he deserves a ton of credit. But Becky Hammond absolutely took this team right like to they the took next level. The, a mass offensively, they went from above average WNBA offense to best in the yeah. league by far. And Becky Hammond deserves as much credit as you can possibly give somebody for that. So there's the aces. Uh, here's a question for you. How many more titles can they win? Well, I certainly think with the core back next year, they can win it again next year. It really does feel like I there's mean, a chance they run off that they, a few. I mean, they, they lock those players up for at least two years, right. if not longer. You're going to have Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and Dierica Hamby all back. And I'll say this. my I think the biggest question for the aces can they do anything this offseason to add talent to the roster? Well, like, I don't know about first-round picks. I don't think they have any, but if they, they did, they would cut them. They traded them away. Like, they aren't going to have any draft capital, so that's not going to be where they can add to this team unless they trade away next year's first and second-round pick. And Well, so, they're not. I mean, it's not like them picking is a good option either. Apparently not. So then it becomes, is there anybody in free agent they can add to this team? Because, yes, they just won the title. They probably do need to add a player or two to get them to help them through. So the they have somewhat season, of a bench, at least. Yes, you don't want to be going into it with ugh. no depth again. We're getting five minutes from the bench tonight, and that's what we're gonna do. Like, it, ideally, if they if they can add in all seriousness, if they can add one significant player to the team in the off season, 
They'll be favorites again. Well, they go should like, win it again. They're going to go like 28 and 6. Yeah, they should win it in again. In the regular season. Like, they were dominant this year. They're going to be unreal next year if they can add one single player. Because the other key here, Derek Hamby got hurt late in the year. Outside of that, they were really healthy. They did not run into injury issues. And that's something that can, you know, derail your season to where, like, if Asia Wilson misses four weeks because of an injury, you go from the one seed to, like, the five seed, and now you're playing on the road three games. What, like, all of a sudden, it's much harder to get to the finals. So, you know, it's tomorrow. Take one guess. The parade? Yes. Yes. Hooray. Are we going to yes. do it? Are we doing the show live from the parade? When is live the parade? From, the parade from, uh, is like Caesars at 7 ba- p.m. Caesars and Bellagio. So a simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> By the way, Bellagio to Caesars or other yeah. way around, whatever. It's they, short. Are they right next to each it's other? short. <laughs> okay. It's I'm not just, a long route. So genuine question. Are they in a vehicle or are they just walking? No, they're in vehicles. Okay. I believe. Because you could just walk that. But they've got to come down to get there. They're not going to get in a car and go see just the Bellagio. That would actually be pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Just very, very short parade. I'd just say no parade, period. But do we got to have a parade. Do a celebration. The governor's going to be there. Well, yeah. Do a celebration somewhere. You don't have to parade for a block, not even a block. The they're going to be on. A, gonna be they're going to be on a stage after this little parade. Yes. Like, that's, yes. That's great. That's uh, just bring them out on the that. stage and have no parade. Yeah. Or whatever. I guess a block parade is fine. It's not, it's not a true parade. I'm not going. It's not going to be there. Still sounds terrible. You had game. You had tickets to Game Five. You're not going to go to the parade. No, I'm disappointed. I was cheering for the Connecticut Sun to win that game. <laughs> Couple minutes left. It looked like you might get your choice. I, I was like, let's do this to want a Bonner, knock down some shots. I really wanted to go to Game Five. Eh, oh well. All right. Coming up next, we're going to jump back into the Raiders after a massive collapse against the Cardinals. Quick throw, Renfro at the 39, backs out of it, goes forward, he's hitting the ball, fumbled again! It's loose on the Cardinals' sideline, they pick it up, it's Murphy down the far sideline, racing towards the end zone, and Arizona scores to win it in overtime! All of the sun, none of the fun, on the Press Box Summer Edition. We talked about the offense and the coaching staff uh, to start the show. Everybody deserves blame for that collapse, though. We talked about where's Devontae Adams. Where's Chandler where's Jones? Where's Chandler Jones? I was just going to say that. Where is Chandler Jones? This guy exists? Yeah. He played for the I Raiders? I don't know if he exists. What is happening here? The Raiders went out and gave Max Crosby a bunch of money. Crosby's had a lot of pressures. Only one sack, though, through two games. But Chandler Jones, has he done anything? Two weeks in a row, the play-by-play announcer on the television call has said at some point in the second half, well, we haven't said his name a lot. Right. We've got the play-by-play announcers in-game realizing that guy hasn't done right. anything. What? I Is he already can't just... tell you. I mean, I don't know if he's right or not, but, I mean, he hasn't done anything for two games, and we say the same thing in the press box, you know. Where is he? Who? <laughs> I mean, we, we do. We say the same thing in terms of where is he? You're essentially, you're getting Cleveland Furl-level production. Out of if one that. of your big off, yes, that's a good point. Out of one of your big off-season additions in Chandler Jones, and when you look at this game, what was the biggest problem for the Raiders' defense in the second half? It was Kyler Murray scrambling. Well, yeah, they couldn't find, they couldn't right. touch him. Max, they, I mean, Max Crosby got him, him a few times, but he couldn't put him down. Right, and so what? And what happens if you're if you're Kyler Murray, 
you're quicker than Max Crosby. So if Max Crosby gets to you, most if, you, if Kyler Murray can see him, Kyler Murray's going to get out of that. Right. Right. He's going to avoid Max Crosby. So the key there is that somebody else has got to be in the vicinity to be able to make a play. When Max Crosby comes and Kyler Murray's got to go right to avoid him or whatever, somebody else needs to be in the vicinity to make a play so that Kyler Murray can't just dance around for 45 seconds behind there. But Max Crosby was literally the only one that got any pressure on Kyler Murray. And he should have sacked him when he had two hands on him, right? That there was one play where Max Crosby absolutely should have sacked him. It was a fourth down game would have been over. Raiders would have won. But where the hell's Chandler Jones? Like he's over 30. We talked about this in the offseason, how pro football focus, his grades, his run defense used to be great. But the last like two or three years, his run defense has fallen off a lot. But his pass rushing was still very high. But there was a concern. Hey, he's over 30. He's probably his best years are probably behind him. And at some point, age is going to catch up to him. Two weeks into the season, age already caught up to Chandler Jones. I mean, something's caught up to him. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. He can't he can't get to the quarterback. And How? I haven't watched every play in terms of what they're doing to him, but are they just playing him straight up? Because if they're just playing him straight up and he can't get there, he can't get home at all, there's something wrong. How many games? Are they going to win with one or zero sacks this year? That's a great question. That, that's I what mean, they've got. In two they've, games. Got, well, they've got one sack in two games. Yeah. Played two quarterbacks. Herbert's pretty good at avoiding also, but he's nothing. He's no Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, few are. So that's unfair. I should <laughs> say that. Few are guys like that who can, uh, who can evade rushes like him. But, yeah, I mean, you've got to get home at some point. And I think Crosby... Other than getting home for the sacks, has been really good the right. first two weeks. I he's, mean, I think he's been really. He's good. He's had good pressure numbers. Yes, in two games. exactly. Just the only the one sack hurts, right? You'd like to see more, right? And the total sacks, but they'll they'll come. Generally speaking, with pass rushers, when you get pressures, you're going to get the sacks. Yeah, but it was, Chandler Jones isn't even getting right. that. Exactly. Like again, when the play by play announcer in two weeks in a row is like, I don't, we haven't said that guy's name at all. It's not a good sign because that means. Even the like lowest level of film analysis, just the guy watching it live telling you what's happening is having the in-game realization that, that they haven't that said Chandler, Chandler Jones, Jones is doing nothing. nothing. Means he's probably doing nothing, nothing. remotely good. Um, all right, yep. I have I have one thing I need to yell about. Josh McDaniels after the game talked about they need to learn how to win, and then Derek Carr after the game. Got, to be fair to Derek Carr, he got asked, hey, your head coach said you need to learn how to win. Whatever. But Josh McDaniels after the game. Do you have the sound, Jared? I mean, I have Derek Carr saying that we need learning how to win. Play it. Just play it. Yeah. Okay. We have to learn how to win. And um, it starts with me. The execution that we had in the first half, uh, we did not execute each play with uh, the detail I think that we should have the way that we did in the first half. I was saving that for the remix because I went, that is ridiculous. That's an hour and a half away. You can play it there. Okay. This team won 10 games last year and went to the playoffs. Derek Carr was the quarterback of that team. And then in the offseason, they bring in a new coach. And here's here's what they did. They went to New England, the most successful organization in the last two decades of this sport. That does a lot of winning. Guys who've won more than anybody. Brought their head, brought one of their coordinators and GM to be their GM and head coach. 
And then after the game, we get Josh McDaniels saying they need to learn how to win. And Derek Carr saying, you're right, we've got to learn how to win. Can I play my favorite McDaniels sound? Yeah. The reality of the National Football League is is the game is never over until it's over. That, that was uh, a theme this week in the NFL. It seemed like there's a lot of people that were behind and then came back and won. The game is not over until it is over. How does okay. he know about other games? <laughs> well, some, <laughs> he got bored. They were up by 20. <laughs> but you brought all these people from a winning culture. The entire reason Josh McDaniels has a second chance at being a head coach in the NFL is because he's coming from a place that there's nothing to win. win. And you're telling me you can't instill that in this team. What's the point of bringing somebody from new England? If they, you now have to learn how to win. What are we doing? And again, this team won 10 games and went to the playoffs last yeah. year. He didn't take over a two win team. He took over a team that went 10 games. And what did he do? He immediately spent a bunch of money on Adams and Chandler Jones who did nothing. You cannot walk into a post-game press conference when you got hired simply because you came from somewhere that won a lot and, and say, say, we need to learn how to win. We got to learn how to win. That's what you're here for. That's why you exist in this role is because you're supposed to be the one that teaches them how to win. But that's a stupid phrase. It doesn't have any meaning whatsoever. Learning how to win is just being better at football. They didn't need to learn how to win. They needed to pick up a damn first yeah. down. They needed to sack Kyler Murray. They needed to not fumble the ball twice. None of that's learning how to win. You think Hunter Renfro needs to learn, oh, don't fumble in overtime. I think he knows that. He just didn't do it. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And, oh, by the way, not only was this team that went to the playoffs, this is team, what they went, four overtime games last year? Yeah, they won them all. They won them all in. Daniel Carson had like 100 uh, game-winning yeah. field goals. Th- this is a team that that's all they knew how to do last year. It was know how to win. Play kind of crappy for half the game. <laughs> Yeah. Get to overtime. We got this one, boys. We got Daniel Carlson. He's never missed an Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> and now Josh McDaniels is like, ah, we got to learn how to do it. No, they knew how to do that last year. And now you're here and they all of a sudden don't know how to do it. It's a stupid phrase. Anybody who says learn how to win is just sugarcoating. Yeah, we blew that one. We sucked at football in that one. I, I hate that. Everything about it. And here's the fun part of it. You go back to the preseason. Josh McDaniels was saying this already. He said back in July... You can't win until you learn how to not lose. What the hell does that <laughs> even mean? Did he forget to tell Hunter Renfro don't fumble? Twice? Did he forget to tell Chandler Jones, hey, your job is to, you get, need the to get to the quarterback? God, that just, those types of quotes, they're, they're infuriating to me. It's unbelievable. Like, again, if this was a first-time head coach and he had come from whatever, any organization other than New England, and the Raiders had won two games last year, and you walk in and say, we need to learn how to win, I'd be like, it's still a stupid phrase. But okay. You come from New England. You take over a team that won 10 games last year. You take over a team that won in overtime like four times last season. You don't get to say, well, we just don't know how to win yet. That's not real. If this team doesn't, when are they going to learn? When what? When are they going to learn how to win? I guess when they win a game. (laughs) Are they going to win at Tennessee this week? Like, What do you have to do to learn how to win a game? Like, where is that in the playbook? Where is that in the strike? Because, listen, if that's something you t- if that's something you can work out in practice, you should do it before game one yeah. of the season. I know that they're not a real stat, because obviously they're not, but Derek Carr would need three more wins in order to tie Patrick Mahomes' career wins. <laughs> so somehow Patrick Mahomes learned how to win. It was all those wins at Texas Tech. 
What they go <laughs> seven and five every year. Incredible. All right. Coming up next, we'll stick with the NFL because the Raiders weren't the only ones to blow a massive lead. But first, we got tickets to give away. Two tickets to go to the Shriners Open Golf Tournament. It's here October 5th through the 9th at TPC Summerlin. Uh, they're good for any day. So 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go to the Shriners Open Golf Tournament in October. We got two tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100. Be caller number eight at 702 702- 364-1100. There's the snap. He's back in his end zone to throw. Wentz hit from behind. Ball's loose out of the back of the end zone. That is a safety. Charles Harris got him. That's how you step up and make a play right there. Listen, I'm fired up. Carlos, I am. I'm Yes, I love it. Three sacks. I hope we get three more. He gives us three more next week. And I haven't seen the tape, but just, for, just from what I saw out there and how everything was run and the stunts, and I thought he did a great job. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. Was there at any point? Was that, by the way, were those three sacks Jacoby Witten? <laughs> He's not on the team yet. I think, I think Michigan State just... got blown out. Oh. Right? Didn't they lose to Washington by like 20 or something? Yeah, but he probably had three sacks. Probably. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. So at any point before yesterday, would you have believed that this stat line could have been accomplished by Tua in a single game. 36 no. of 50, 469 yards, six passing touchdowns. No. Is he good now? He's better than the quarterback I played yesterday named Tom Brady, and I had two on my roster. <laughs> so I remember Tua throwing the game-winning touchdown pass in the national championship game in overtime for Alabama. Incredible throw. And from that moment, it became tank for Tua, right? At that moment, it was like, oh, this guy's going to be really good in the NFL. And then he gets the NFL and he has not been that good as a quarterback. Now he's got Mike McDaniel. And again, 469 yards and six Six TDs passing touchdowns. Absolute insanity. Where you have two receivers Tyreek Hill went 11 catches for 190, and yeah. Waddle went 11 for 171. It's interesting how Baltimore forgot to cover Tyreek Hill because some of those he was open by like 50 <laughs> yards. Like, is that the guy you're supposed to cover? I mean, some of those was like, who's who's supposed to be on him? Jacoby Winman had three total tackles. Oh, oh. bad game. Bad game for Jacoby Winman. He has dropped out of the top 10 on, my big, the on pick, my big board. He's now the 11th pick overall. So, Tua, listen. I don't know if I should go all in on believing in Tua being this good, but Tua might be good. I don't know if he's 469 and 6 No. Good. Well, if he does that, I mean, he's going to be the greatest quarterback <laughs> in the history of the sport. But, like, are, are we getting, like, are we talking about Tua as a top 10 quarterback at the end of the year? Because I, I think that's plausible. We're into this season. We're talking about, hey, Tua's in the top 10 right. of NFL quarterbacks, right? Maybe he ends up in that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins tier where it's like, yeah, Solid, but not special. But I think there's a chance he might be a little bit higher than that, where he's one of the top ten. Oh, and by the way, um, all teams should have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on their team. Just two receivers that just run past everybody. That would even, be nice. Even Tua. Tua underthrew one of the Tyreek Hill touchdown passes. Didn't matter. No. Like I said, there was no one around him. <laughs> he could just wait for the ball, catch it, and then run into the end zone. Didn't matter. Um, so, yeah. 
incredible day by by the Dolphins. But on the other side, the Ravens blew a 21-point fourth quarter lead. Very similar to what the Raiders pulled off. A 21 fourth quarter lead, 21-point fourth quarter lead. They blew it. And so here's a here's a hot take question for you. Oh, here we go. How much blame Lamar Jackson. does Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense deserve for that? Well, much like the Raiders, they didn't do anything in the fourth quarter. So I think they deserve some blame. They couldn't put it away. Their fourth quarter was two punts. They did score. They kicked the field goal. And then an incomplete Hail Mary on the final drive that ended the game. Now, Lamar Jackson was incredible for three quarters. 21 to 29, 318 yards, three touchdowns. Passing, plus 119 on the ground. And, and a, a score. touchdown. He actually set an NFL record for most 100-yard rushing games by a quarterback in NFL history. But this is this is the interesting part about NFL, the NFL, and what other teams, even Tua, apparently can do. You can't take an entire quarter off, which is right. what the Ravens offense did. They took an Raiders entire, took an entire half off. Well, you can take, take the half. first three quarters off as long as you don't take the last quarter off. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they put up 31 points. They got a kickoff return to get to 38. Obviously they put up a lot of points. You'd expect the defense to not give up 40 plus to Tua, right? The right. defense deserves the majority to blame, but there is a level of, oh, the offense failed there. The offense just needs to pick up like one more first right. down and they probably win that game. And the part that I find funny, Lamar Jackson is going nuts in the first half, even through the third quarter, and everybody's like, oh, the Ravens messed up. They should have extended this They should have extended guy. him and given him what he wanted. Didn't like pick up a first down for the rest of the game, and they ended up losing.